for the longest time, I have wanted to do book reports. <laughs> How's that for an odd desire? But yes, book reports. Well, I, I've actually been going back and forth between the idea of doing book reports versus book reviews. And then I realized I, I wasn't perfectly clear on the difference, at least as it pertains to what it is I want to accomplish here. But of course, I finally took a moment to look at, uh, look a little closer at the definitions, <laughs> and a review uh, gives pros and cons, right? And a conclusion whether the book is worth reading, whereas a report has many, you may remember from school, uh, it doesn't deal with pros and cons at all. It's just about the content and style, of what the book talks about. Well, I certainly don't want to do book reviews. There's no purpose for that because my conclusions are all made. Any book I mention is a book worth reading, in my opinion. But a report doesn't seem quite right anymore either, and I'm not able to clearly define or label what my actual intentions have been all this time, except for one point. You see, because apart from the podcasts and the scientific articles and magazines, the books have had the most impact on my life in general and on my path of wellness more specifically. Podcasts are, in fact, ranking a very close second in that comparison uh, and will very likely, thanks to the convenience, capture first place uh, pretty soon. But, but what I want to do is I really just want to discuss in more detail beyond the occasional references I've made throughout this podcast, discuss some of the books that have been in very clear ways so incredibly impactful that have actually changed my life, changed how I experience my life and the world around me. And as I mentioned, I've spoken about these here or there, but wanted to dig in a little deeper. The problem, though, is that to do it right, to share the kind of information about these books that I want to, takes a lot more time than I have. There are several to go through, and I'd have to read them again, some for the third, perhaps, or even fourth time, to ensure that I was capturing the details correctly in order to do it justice. Actually, as I think through that specific point... Uh, I realize it's a perfect way to talk about the one of the most impactful nonfiction books I've ever read and the one that I've always wanted to start with. Because the title of this book is Being Wrong, Adventures in the Margin of Error. <laughs> it's a great title. It's just about the best subtitle that uh, uh, anybody's ever come up with. This book may sound familiar, actually, as I've, re I've referenced it a number of times, and actually very recently, in fact. For starters, my, my takeaway, my big overarching takeaway from this book is that we are wrong way more often than we think or even care to admit. From generally being wrong about what it means to be wrong, like understanding that recognizing and even admitting to errors can in fact be empowering as opposed to diminishing to the well-known but still denied fact that memories are almost never precise. The way our brains process experience and build memories almost guarantees that they fade and reshape pretty much right away. 
to the broader idea that things simply aren't what they seem very often. In fact, the author, uh, Catherine Scholz, uh, uses an example of illusions of light that early explorers were fooled by when sailing west from Greenland. But I love a different example of the same optical illusion that seems to trip up the flat earth community. They simply refuse to accept the way light can be affected by temperature and moisture that makes distant cities visible when they should certainly be well beyond the horizon. Hence, they have a belief that because they can see Toronto under just the right circumstances, it means that the earth is actually flat. And as Schultz explains, all of this wrongness is the foundation upon which so many of us stake a claim to certainty, undeniable truths, which, as we've seen over and over, can lead to more devastating mistakes. So anyway, as I said, I didn't reread this book in preparation for this episode, despite how much I wanted to do so. I've read it a couple of times, but... I don't venture to believe that I would remember it well enough to write a report. <laughs> I dog ear pages and I've taken few, if any, notes, but simply don't have the time available in my day to sort through it all and describe it the way it deserves to be described. Now, besides really, you can actually look up a Cliff's Notes of this book if you're so inclined. So it's a good thing I get to make the rules here. Because I try to offer something different, something more personal. And I think the phrase impact statement is quite appropriate. Yeah, yeah, I'm going with that. Because the book made a significant impact on me. So I want to do some book impact statements. As far as this book being wrong, it taught me to look at disagreements very differently. It helped me recognize how important it is to acknowledge either to myself or in fact to others when I've made a mistake. Actually, I'm told I'm one of the few men that actually admit to being wrong. Combine those things with the other explorations that I have done uh, on, on neural functioning of the brain, including what happens when we sleep, which is very pertinent to memory. I regularly question what I think I remember, not, not foolishly disregarding it at every turn. I just look more closely at what might be mistaken. In fact, thanks to this book, I have come to recognize what types of my own memories I can truly count on. In considering this episode, in fact, reflecting in a fresh way upon Schultz's book, I have a new appreciation for the value of recognizing wrongness in myself and even in others. Before now, I haven't really considered the freedom that comes from being able to let go of being right, of needing to be right whether my rightness is being challenged or not, for that matter. But 
perhaps most important of all. What I learned by reading this book was like rocket fuel for living an examined life. Taking the pressure off of needing to be right has helped open my heart to ideas, to nature, and especially to other people and to myself. It gives me a tool, an understanding with which to chip away at defensiveness and provides a much less judgmental space through which I can journey along my personal path of wellness. Until next time.